a veteran uh, who had service-related injuries due to combat he sustained in the service of Canada, called Veterans Affairs Canada looking for treatment for his PTSD and his traumatic brain injury, both of which have absolutely been medically diagnosed and confirmed. While he was discussing the treatments he hoped to pursue, unprompted, this Veterans Affairs agent offers him medically assisted death. But what sources close to him tell me he felt was happening was them saying, well, or, you know, you could perhaps choose to take your own life. That's an option, too. Yeah, there you go. Could offer you some aspirin, some Tylenol, maybe death. Nonetheless, medically assisted death. Back in the headlines this week uh, with Global News, Mercedes Stevenson, who you just heard there off the top, revealing exclusively that a vet looking for support was indeed offered assisted death as a solution. This is a combat veteran who had suffered a head injury and mental health issues. And apparently it's not a one-off. A charity that supports vets says they, they hear this regularly. So they want answers as to, has this happened before? How do we make sure it doesn't happen again? How many have been offered this as an option? And has any vet in this country actually followed through and taken medically assisted death? And we're getting a lot of these stories. We've seen these and been reading these headlines for for a couple of months now of vulnerable people being offered assisted suicide when what they need is support or a better financial situation. But that they're coming up so often now tells us that we are now sliding down a very dangerous slope on this issue. Debbie Lowther is the executive director of Vets Canada, a charity that helps with the veterans who are in crisis. She joins us now. Great to have you, Debbie. Thanks for having me. When you heard um, Mercedes Stevenson report about this particular vet, what was your initial reaction? Well, immediately I was appalled, um, shocked, but then not so shocked. Um, you know, I, I feel like at this point, nothing that the department does surprises me. Um, so I, like I said, a, very appalled, though. Um, it was a first for me to hear something so outrageous. Vets have been fighting for supports for uh, decades. I mean, I don't remember when it wasn't a headline. It's one of those. It's one of the bureaucracies that has really failed those who join to fight uh, for our country and secure our, our, our needs and our safety, yet they have been fighting decade after decade to get support for things that were caused on the job, like mental health illness. And the fact that we're hearing this headline more and more in the news tells me that um, we're not hearing and getting enough transparency on this particular issue, because I think the concern is who else in veterans uh, across this country have been offered this? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, that was kind of in the back of my mind thinking it's such an odd thing to be brought up. It To me, it seems like maybe it had been discussed before, not with that particular veteran, but, you know, maybe amongst the staff at Veterans Affairs. Who knows? Because it just seems like such a random thing to bring up if, you know, if it hadn't been previously discussed. Um, because, not- it, you know, it's just a crazy thing to pull right out of thin air. Well, it's also not why this program, as we were told, was supposed, I mean, it's not supposed to be the go-to solution. Um, But I think it's important. I mean, this man, and we don't know who this person is, but they went to, um, you know, get supports for mental health issues and a brain injury. And since the story has uh, become public, um, you know, it it has really rattled, further rattled and and shaken him, um, you know, and he's already uh, pretty fragile. 
Yeah, understandably. Um, You know, I can't even imagine what it would be like to, you know, go looking for help and, you know, having that offered as an alternative. Um, You know, I think maybe the case managers need a little bit more training um, in kind of picking up cues. You know, um, we deal with veterans who are in crisis every single day, and, and you really do have to be able to know how to read that person, you know, based on, you know, their their body language and their, the tone of their voice. And, you know, that gives you an indication of, you know, what kind of mindset they're in at that point in time. And, you know, to, to offer up something like that for a veteran who's seeking help is just, it's not acceptable. Well, no, I think um, there are a lot of issues, but you plant a seed like this into someone's mind who may not be feeling like they've got enough support and they're feeling hopeless. Um, It it, it can go wrong in a lot of different directions. And so, you know, obviously the opposition is demanding to have uh, answers to this. Veterans Affairs Minister Lawrence McCauley issued a statement. um, They're going to look into and make sure that this never happens again. I think at this point, certainly in Veterans Affairs, we need to know how many times it has happened or has it happened before at all? How difficult, given freedom of information requests heavily redacted are almost impossible to get at this point, how hard would it be to get that kind of accountability and um, and transparency? I don't know if we'd get that kind of information. I feel like it would be difficult um, information to get your hands on. Um, but it would be definitely good information to have because, you know, if it has happened before, then it really needs to be addressed. I mean, it needs to be addressed anyway, but, um, you know, if there's a pattern there, then that is completely unacceptable. Have you and your organization had any feedback from vets um, who say, yeah, this happened to me, or have you had any feedback? Not from anybody saying that it's happened to them, but from, you know, veterans who... Excuse me. Well, say you know. Well, I'm not surprised. Veterans Affairs doesn't care about us, and you know they're just veterans are feeling not heard and you know discouraged, and you know a, a lot of them don't have a whole lot of faith in the system, and so you know there are veterans who are quite irate about it, but at the same time, you know they have that that mindset. You know, Veterans Affairs doesn't care about us, so that's probably why that option was offered. Yeah, I mean, you only need to look at um, audits done by, um, you know, internal audits done by uh, Auditor General Karen Hogan. I mean, earlier this year, she put out numbers, you know, those seeking any kind of benefits within six to eight weeks are actually waiting 37 weeks, if not longer. So some are, are, are you know, waiting 51 weeks uh, for mm-hmm. RCMP veterans. The bottom line is, I, I honestly don't understand how, Debbie, in 2022, given at least for the last... 20 years, at least for the last two to three governments. Um, there has been an awful lot of, of criticism. I think I'm being generous. I think it goes way back further. But, you know, they've been criticized for failing to meet basic supports that they always promised to the vets. For whatever group, for whatever reason, this one group is just so easily kind of brushed under the carpet. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really sad because, you know, we're talking about a group of people who have put their lives on the line in service to this country. And, you know, what have we done? Turned our backs on them. So it's, you know, it's ridiculous. We've been doing this since 2010. So we've, you know, we've gone through a few ministers at uh, Veterans Affairs. And, you know, have there been some changes and improvements? Sure, there have been. But are veterans, you know, overall satisfied? 
no. And I know that, you know, Veterans Affairs does their surveys and and people will respond, you know, positively. I don't know what their latest satisfaction rating is, but um, the veterans that are coming to us are not satisfied. They're not happy yeah, well, with the service that they're receiving. Um, you know, it's, they just don't feel heard, I think. And, you know, that's, we try to do that. We try to listen to every veteran's situation because no two situations are the same. And, you know, we try to come up with a solution to fit that veteran's needs. And I, you know, I understand that Veterans Affairs is the government and they don't have that flexibility. Um, But it's still just so cookie cutter. Oh, you don't fit in this box. So we don't know what to do with you. Oh, yeah. Well, you can always have assisted suicide. Maybe that's just where they're pushing. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, Debbie, we'll f- continue to follow this. I know Mercedes Stevenson is going to continue to follow this. And where there's one, there are likely many others. So we'll continue to uh, focus the light on it. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's Debbie Lowther, who is with uh, Vets uh, Canada. One of the concerns I think we need to keep a, a focus on is that, you know, the earlier uh, this year, maybe last year, the Quebec government um lobbied the federal government to allow them to expand the MAID program, this assisted dying program, to include those with mental health illnesses. We're already getting headlines of the very most vulnerable being kind of pushed and or offered this direction. What happens then when they really widen the parameters of who can get it? You can see where this is going, right? I'm sorry. The fact that mentally ill health patients are just considered, well, you know, we'll Put them on that list, to me, is is a failure on us as a society, but what do I know? You're listening to The Alex Pearson Show on 640 Toronto.